It's time to immerse yourself in the world of college football. ESPN 1000 has studied hard and has all the answers. This is Chicago's College Tailgate Show. With Jonathan Hood, Chris Black, and Adam Abdallah. Advanced degrees not required. Understanding the Wildcat? Essential. Chicago's College Tailgate Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. What's up and welcome in. This is Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Along with Adam Abdallah and Chris Fleck, Jonathan Hood with you. Week five of the college football season is here. And through four weeks, it's been odd, guys. It's been odd as the SEC returned last week. Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Mississippi State, Auburn, Texas A&M, Tennessee. They all won this past Saturday. But it's really fun because, of course, if you're a college football fan, you are in the right spot. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number to keep you company for the next couple of hours. If you're a college football fan, this is your show as we do it every Saturday. But as we take a look, Adam, at the wins for the SEC, and based on what I know now, based on the first four weeks of the college football season, Clemson seems to be the odds-on favorite. Alabama and Florida also look very powerful offensively, and the Sun Belt is fun. That's what I've learned so far the first, four, the first four weeks of the God football season. Yeah, I think, you know, two teams kind of came out rolling, right? Uh, the Alabama pun definitely intended and Clemson so far. You know, you get Georgia kind of tripped up a little bit, but ultimately won that game. Oklahoma loses a game. So you've got teams that, you know, may look a little bit off because it's their first game because there's no... There's no cupcake. There's no, you're not eating your dessert first. You know, you're not getting the Citadel. You're not getting uh, your directional school where you get to kind of play and kind of, you know, work some things out with your offense unless you're playing Missouri uh, and you're, you're Alabama. Yes. But ultimately, you know, this season is just going to be one hit after the other. I mean, you mentioned we talked about it before the show. Uh, you've got Georgia and Arkansas last week. Georgia has to come back. And then Auburn this week. You know, it, the, the hits oh, don't man. stop because you're playing a conference schedule. Oklahoma loses. They've got Iowa State today. You know, like it's going to be another spot where Oklahoma might have to battle and try to win a shootout game like they usually try to do. But now they, they have a loss. Texas has to rally and play an overtime game and come back and win that game. So, you know, it's, uh, it's great for college football fans because every weekend you feel like there's great games all over the schedule. But at the same time, the college football playoff it might be up in the air because some of these teams, like we penciled in Oklahoma, but now put the X through that. Texas might be in there. Alabama has a big game against uh, Texas A&M today. So it's just great for college football fans because you see good matchups every single week. Yeah, Chris, what resonates with you most about the season so far? Well, you know, I I thought last weekend was the first weekend that really felt like college football was back. And I think a lot of that has to do with the SEC. And I, I feel like we watch college football because of all of our different favorite teams, and we all come together in this great melting pot here in Chicago. A lot of Big Ten flavor, and I know for those who went to Big Ten schools, we will see a little bit more of that variety once the Big Ten starts playing. But to me, a lot of the fun with college football is the appreciation for college football in the South. And what we saw last week was some fans in the stands – 
but teams in the South playing, and they're good matchups, like Abdallah just mentioned. A whole heck of a lot of good matchups today. Auburn, Georgia. We have Texas A&M and Alabama, both ranked matchups. I think, to me, what resonates is it was uncertain we would get to college football this year. It has started. It has begun. And now we are starting to get some good weekends of college football. I was thrilled with what I saw last week on the field. It was a lot of fun. You mentioned Oklahoma, Abdallah. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be a shootout, but they're in for one today against Iowa State. Mm -hmm. Iowa State can beat them, especially if Spencer Rattler has three more interceptions like he did last week. So I think there's a lot of good uh, matchups, a lot of good intrigue and storylines, and we have college football back. So to me, what resonates is the first couple weeks seemed a little spotty. Ah, here's a North Carolina. Ah, here's just one or two, a Notre Dame Mm -hmm. game, right? Okay, well, we have another full schedule of SEC Big 12 ACC football today. The only thing that's missing is that late night creep, right? Yeah. Like that we all love when you get back from the bars at, at 1130, midnight, 1 a.m., and there's still a college football game going on. That Pac-12 that, after dark. Yeah, that's the only thing that's missing. Everything else for the moment, to me, feels like college football is back, and that's mm-hmm. what resonates. I guess I guess for me, watching um, college football so far, guys, it's like we kind of know that defense is not going to be something we're going to see early on. The lack of practice time. There's going to be a ton of numbers put up, as we saw with Mississippi State against LSU. I'll use them for an example. So LSU uh, with Joe Burrow winning the national championship. And you say, okay, you're at home. Mississippi State is, is here, and the air raid comes out. And then Costello, who comes from Stanford, transfers over to Mississippi State, puts up 623 yards. I mean, we see Florida. And, and I'll tell you one thing that Kyle Trask has to be in the Heisman conversation, at least yeah. early on. The six touchdowns against Ole Miss was just amazing. LSU at the crib looked lost defensively. So, Adam, what we're seeing is here's a, bu- a bunch of points, um, more than I guess I expected, but I guess when you don't have the practice time and it's a different environment, especially when there's not a lot of fans there, it's just it feels different, but if you are someone that loves the over – or someone that really loves uh, offense, you're seeing a lot of it in abundance here early on. Yeah, absolutely. But I think there will also be a regression back to the mean, right? Auburn, Georgia, you know, it depends on who starts a quarterback. If JT Daniels is in there for Georgia, he's coming off an ACL. You want him running around all over the field, throwing the ball over the place, or you want to just hand the ball off, keep the ball away from Gus Malzahn and and Bo Nix and just try to control, have ball control in that game and try to win on the ground. And I think that you're going to see teams that are going to kind of rein it in. You know, like even, you know, Clemson has been pretty vanilla the, the first couple of weeks they because they're just running the ball. They don't really need to do anything. They don't need to show anything. They also have they, one of the best running backs in the country. Absolutely. Travis so, Etienne. So. Absolutely. So why, you know, why risk anything by, you know, risking turnovers? And I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence is a turnover machine or anything like that. But if you can control the game and get out with a clean win, why not? So, I mean, also, you've got two, uh, two, uh, you've got Navy and Air Force playing today. So that's always, that's always yeah. right for the under. So you, I think you're going to see a regression back, but then Oklahoma, uh, Iowa State could be another one. I mean, you've got a Memphis total at 75 today. So yeah, points are going to be up there today for sure. Is the upset alert bird awake this early or is, uh, because is, is that one we should keep our eyes the on? Upset Memphis, alert wakes me up. 25th ranked <laughs> team in the country and, uh, going against SMU. Yeah. It's one to keep our eyes on. A lot of points and maybe an underdog today in that contest. I don't know. I mean, well, here's the thing. 
Every time I see Oklahoma, it's so funny that Oklahoma and Texas look so similar as we do Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. I don't care what Joe Tessitore says. Texas is back, folks! I don't know if Oklahoma and Texas, Chris, actually realize that it's two Spider-Man memes pointing at each other. Nobody can stop anybody. Like this, it's it's fun offensively for sure. But Oklahoma, when you talk about them in the national championship picture, I put a put a slash to them as Adam just said, redact it like that. Like you're, you're not going to make it busy because you can't stop anybody. Like you talk about regression to the mean. Oklahoma and Texas are just not going to stop anybody. That's just as simple as that. You saw the shootout last week, which was a fun game in overtime. The Longhorns defeated Texas Tech sixty three to fifty six. Okay, Oklahoma. With their issues defensively. Again, they put up a ton of points, but lost against K State yeah. 38 to 35. Yeah, absolutely. And and like the redacted Oklahoma assumption to get into the college football playoff, it's like, well, once again, Lincoln Riley has a stud quarterback. This time it's a little different, though. Spencer Rattler is not a proven quarterback in college football, he's a young player mm-hmm. who has to develop. And it's something we can follow throughout either uh, this season and into next season as well. But, you know, if I had to give you guys a Lee Corso not so fast, my friends, stat already. You ready for this one? Here you go. Iowa State. Since 2017. No, no, you can't do it. I got a pen. Do it for Twitch. 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 Is this uh, uh, COVID-friendly? COVID-19 clean? Did you clean this highlighter? I just want to make sure. Now I'm touching your highlighter. If you pardon the expression. Here we go. The Cyclones, since 2017, they are 10-1 and in October games, including four wins against ranked opponents. So if you think the Sooners are just going to roll today, ah, not so fast, my friends. Oh, Cyclones. Brock Purdy. I'm just letting you know. They've Purdy got party. a quarterback, too. There you go, Abdallah. you want your highlighter back? Yeah, please. I, need right, it. I like yeah. highlighting. Things. I don't think all three of us should be touching that like highlighter. Well, here, though. i got I to gotta wipe here. All right, wipe it down. There it goes. <laughs> wipe down your highlighter. Wiping yeah, it down early at 9-10. But no, see, look, we talk, we wipe talk down, every... Wipe down your highlighter, and then don't, don't forget to throw it in the toilet afterwards. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we, we we talk every week, you know? Like, we just we bring up the... <laughs> all right. I'm... <laughs> Back on the road. But make sure you definitely put it in the... Where we're going, the, the whole, we don't need the hotel, roads. The hotel toilet. Make sure you flush it right away. Yeah, Adam, your thought. Uh, I, I feel like we 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 do this every week. You know, we're like, okay, Oklahoma's out. You know, maybe Texas is in. Maybe someone else is in. But college football finds like life in Jurassic yeah, Park. You're right. College football finds a way. Right. It's it to, to eliminate the Big Twelve. And so, yeah, when, to, when Texas well, loses, to either today. eliminate the Big Twelve I, when I, Texas hold on. loses, not or, so fast, my friends. They're in for one today too with TCU. No, I get it. I get it. And then, but also, you have to think about this. The college football committee delayed their first rankings and to give these other teams. So now do you put, do you slot in another Big Ten team? Can they make it? Can a Pac-12 team make it? Can you get two SEC teams now? So every time we've got these teams slotted in, we've got Clemson and Alabama pretty much slotted in, I would say so, right? Okay, and then now you've got two other, maybe Ohio State, because they're probably going to be in there. So you've got three in there already, right? And then you've got this revolving door every single week of first it was Oklahoma. All right, they're gone. Maybe Texas is in, and then they lose. What if they they lose to Oklahoma? Then what? And then, you know, does Oklahoma get back in there? And we do this every single week, but— The team out west will be Oregon. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. If Oregon can go undefeated, they're the ones that are going to make the claim. It's just do they play enough games, right? The seven games. Yeah. <clears throat> Which, have you guys seen a Pac-12 schedule yet? I understand that, but mm. what, what about a... Uh... Please. No? No. no. no I mean, come on. I, I Listen. What's the matter? I'm just being a realist. I, what, I would what? love to, but for... 
I'm just letting you like, know. Like, LSU loses. Oregon's probably People better. have put in Georgia in there, but Alabama plays Georgia in two weeks. So, you know, that's, you know, every week's a playoff. Nope. It's amazing. What about? No. I'm Guys, I'm just letting you know right now that I would love for that to take place. It would be fantastic. I mean, what, what would be nicer than a uh, cancellation of Alabama USC to start kick off, to kick start the season? Y'all were scared. Yeah, you set that. <laughs> y'all scared. <laughs> y'all scared. You, you set that matchup for the college football playoff and the Trojans win. How great would that be? Yeah. Okay. Good luck to you. Keaton Slovis throws her five touchdowns on on Nick Saban's vaunted defense. Yeah. All right. That'd be great. And what about? Yeah, we don't know we have a quarterback. Yeah, we're not we're not anybody's railroad, Georgia. We're, we don't <laughs> even know who's, who the quarterback is. Well, we're going to spin the wheel and make the deal. If you're a college football fan, this is your show. We're here every Saturday with you. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. You're listening to the show. You're going to be watching college football for week five. You should be calling us on Chicago's College Tailgate right here. Ah! More college football talk is right around the corner. Chicago's College Tailgate Show. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Ah, that sounds like college football. Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Along with Adam Dollar and Chris Black, Jonathan Hood with you here every Saturday. Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN 1000 CCT. ESPN 1000 CCT. And Chris, also, the Twitch is up. Oh, what's up, Twitchers? ESPN 1000 Chicago. Uh, the chat is uh, lively this morning already with college football conversation. West Coast bias in there. I mean, obviously, uh, a UCLA fan in there, a UCLA fan, uh, mm-hmm. just, you know, waiting for his schedule to be released so he can see seven losses. But shout oh, out to him. Damn. Why not? Why not? Shout damn. out to West Coast bias. It's oh. early on the West Coast. He's in our Twitch chat. So shout out to the West Coast. All right. We're going to put some money in your pocket coming up at uh, 930. But first. We've got some storylines to talk about as we spin the wheel, make the deal. And now it's time to spin the wheel on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000. All right, every show now we're going right. to go. Wait, that's it? <laughs> a little jazz I've always, I've always <laughs> wanted. <laughs> it's a little game show thing. I've always <laughs> wanted to be on a game <laughs> show, but I, <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> And now it's time to spin the wheel on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000. All right. It sounds like a good game show. <laughs> That's good. I like that. I like that. Very SNL. Very yes. like that. All right. What's up with that? Ooh. What's up with that? What's up with that? Can we play Black Jeopardy? <laughs> so I, I do every morning. All right. We turn now to Eric Ostrowski as well as Tyler Huggy as we take a look at the storylines around college football. All right, spin the wheel. What do we have here, Eric? All right. I like we have an electronic wheel now yeah, in, the year, in the year 2020. 2020, brother. Yeah. Oh, we got All right, the question is, who do you guys believe is the most entertaining team or player to watch this year in college football? Adam? Uh, can you do me a favor, Chris? Can you hold that up? What you're what you're what you're holding up? That Jalen Waddle. 
Jalen Waddle from Alabama, to me, is the most exciting player to watch in college football right now, whether it's on returns, whether he gets open in space. Uh, you saw some of it. He had two touchdowns uh, against Missouri. He was great last season. To me, he's the most dynamic weapon in college football. Chris, you might want to let the, the listening audience know what I'm holding up. Oh, you're holding a picture. This is for the Twitch people. You're holding up a, a big head of Waddle. It's like a big, it's not like a it's fat a head. It's a cutout head of Waddle. Like kids would hold that up behind a, uh, the basket at a college football, uh, basketball game. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, right. So yeah. when the wheel was spun, I, I gave a spin to the Waddle Yes. Head. Yes. Uh, to answer, you know what? To be honest, so far, the most exciting, the, the, the most fun I've had watching college football to this point was Mike Leach's offense in the SEC and what we saw Mississippi State do last week to LSU. The champs, the defending champs losing at home in their opener. That, to me, was fun. I think, for me, it's two Big 12 teams. If I had to narrow it down, I'll just say Oklahoma because I think it's Oklahoma or Texas. I think there's entertainment value in a team that can score a bunch of points and then you are invested for all four quarters to find out whether or not they can win the game or not. They can score 60 points and lose, and I think that that's entertaining. I I mean, gambling aside, right, that's entertaining to me to watch Oklahoma or Texas, a team that can't stop anybody, but a team that can score a bunch of points. So that's uh, that's how I answer that. Eric, what else do we have? Spin the wheel and see what we have. All right. There we go. Over the next 10 years, which college football program that once was good could be back in the playoff conversation? What do you Hmm. think, Chris? You know, when you say a team that once was good, like Miami this year could be in the playoff conversation, right? Mm. They haven't been good. Derek King hasn't been good to this point this season. They're not going to be in the conversation. I just want to see more. Is that fair? Hold on. Who's better right now, Miami or Notre Dame? Who's better right now, Miami or Clemson? Well, Clemson. But okay, we, we just did a – we talked five minutes ago about how uh, the Big 12 has elimin- may eliminate themselves mm-hmm. yeah. from conversation. Why couldn't two ACC teams sneak in? Just just laying it out there. Uh, Miami definitely has the chance to, to be a team. Um, you know, Michigan was a team that I think a lot of people in the Midwest were hoping – would eventually get back to promise. Same with Nebraska with Scott Frost, um, which I think is kind of highly unlikely that a team like Nebraska will ever get back to the to the great heights that they had in the mid-90s and even way back in college football history. It seems so long ago with Tommy it, Frazier. That seems so long ago with Nebraska. And, and it seems unlikely that a school like that in the middle of the country with no like pizzazz to it will ever get back to that point. Tyler, you've never seen a great Nebraska team, right? That's, nope. That, that's, that's way no, before. So Tyler, either. back in the day, back in my day, yeah. Nebraska used to be really cool. Oh, really yeah. good. And yeah. not only that, like their best players would wear like half jerseys. Yeah. You'd see their stomachs as they <laughs> mm-hmm. run down the field. This is going to sound weird, field. Tyler, but the triple option yes. was cool. Yes. It really was good. Like, there was. was nothing <laughs> cooler was. than a quarterback running to the sideline and right about when he was going to get smashed, he flipped the ball off, and then boom, there goes a tailback right yeah. down the sideline for 45 yards. It's not just cool for a quarter. Like, it used to be cool for the whole game yeah. until yeah. the defense has figured it out. And they're right. like, oh, we're just going to get you in the backfield. Every play. Yeah. Uh, my answer is going to be the U, Miami. 
All right, what about you, Adam? I'm going to stay in in the uh, state of Florida and just stick with Florida. It's it's Florida. Florida's the, they're ranked third well, right third now. Team in the country. Okay, but we said a team that hasn't been good for a while. When was the last time Florida was good? Tim Tebow. Yeah, like okay. 2012. When was the last time they were great? I think they yeah, can be. Tebow. I think they're going to go undefeated Urban. this year. I think they, their their toughest test is going to be against Georgia, and that's going to be November seventh. But look at their schedule this year. They play South Carolina today, Texas A and M. LSU, Missouri, Georgia, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Tennessee. They're gonna they have a chance to go undefeated and be the second if they beat Georgia, they can be the second team SEC team in the uh college football playoff. They don't play Alabama this year unless it's in the um SEC championship game. So right. why can't Florida make it? My answer to that would be it would be yes, SC. It would be my that would be my answer. <laughs> I think I think it's and we've talked about this before. Chris, it's very important for SC to be good. Be, you have to have a team west of the Rockies to, for, in order for college football to have sustainability across the landscape. Rutgers is never going to get it done to take care of the East Coast. So you need to be able to have something west of the Rockies like USC to be good. Listen, uh, Washington can get up there, Oregon can get up there, but nothing like USC being good on the West Coast. So to me, it's vital for a team like USC to not just win it once. Or win, they need to be in the conversation there should never be a what if. After this coaching regime and after what they're going to do now, SC has to be that team to balance it out. Look, you know, Adam and I love the SEC. This is our conference. But you don't want college football to be so Southern that it just that everyone else tunes out in the Midwest, everyone tunes out on the East Coast, everyone tunes out on the West Coast. It's important for SC to be good. You're totally right about that. But you let off by saying the coach. I mean, how can you do that if you have Clay Helton still as your coach? After. In, in 2020, they were 64th in recruiting in the country. USC was 64th. Now, his 2021 recruiting class, right now, they're the 8th ranked class on 24-7 sports. So, I mean, right now, he has a top 10 recruiting class for 2021. But the 2020 class, they were 64th in the country. That's with, like, Vanderbilt and Indiana. So, I mean, like... You, people always ask us, how do you know which college football teams are going to be good? Look ahead at the college football recruiting classes as they come in, oh, North and Carolina. those are always the teams. Mm. Like this 2021 class, Tennessee is number six. So in the next couple of years, Tennessee well, is going to be pretty good. Quickly. Jeremy Pruitt's Go been ahead. doing a good job recruiting. I'll tell you how SC can be good after we spin the wheel. So good. So good. Five days a week. No whammy. No whammy. All right. So we all pretty much believe that Saban and Sweeney Dabo are the top two coaches in the nation. Who would you guys say would be your third and fourth best coaches in the nation? The third best coach in the nation is not coaching right now. His name is Urban Meyer. He's on a set. And the second he is like, uh, I'm ready, he'll go to USC and he will become the third best coach if not the first or second, maybe again, because there's not a guy who I wouldn't take for one single game than Urban Meyer. He's proven it with multiple teams. The dude is a magician when it comes to coaching. Yep, and so, bent, bent over at the hip, gasping for air. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. There's fine. a lot of sunshine dying, out there dying on, on the West Coast. Just give him an oxygen it's tank, good. and he'll be, he'll be good. Dying but on the sideline. The point is, he can make USC prominent again who's, the second he comes in. Who's fourth? Um, I... I mean, my favorite to watch is is Leach. I think Le- Leach is is putting some stuff up there, you know, with the air raid proving yeah, but he, that he doesn't can go in a- actually no, win. I know he's I more know. gimmick. Or what is about for you? You, Chris? 
Well, I mean, Abdallah does make the point that Urban Meyer, if he was coaching, would be in this top three conversation. Um, you know, it was reported over the course of the last couple months that USC did have interest and there were boosters who were willing to pay the difference in money to get rid of Clay Helton and hire Clay and hire Urban Meyer as their next football coach. Sure. But the president of the university wouldn't allow them to do so. So, I mean, depending on what takes place this fall, that could change. And we know that money has become an issue for all universities in this pandemic. Um, to, to answer the question also, I would, I would look at what about Mac Brown? He, he ta- Mac Brown takes the job at North oh. Carolina. Last year, he had the 12th ranked recruiting class. This upcoming year, he has a 15 recruiting class for 2021. I think Mac Brown should get some credit. Hall of Fame coach. And he's back in college football doing it again at a spot that's not known as a college football spot. Well, who's fourth? Fourth? I, Lincoln Riley? All right. Can I give well, some props to Lincoln Riley? Okay. Ryan Day? So, so, so no. Absolutely Too not. early for Ryan no. Day. So, I, so Saban and Dabo are 1-2, right? Mm-hmm. Why, why is Brian Kelly not in the conversation? <laughs> why not? Because he's never he's been there for ten years. He's never gotten it done. Every time he's in the playoff, he gets rocked. He could be in the conversation. He's definitely. In I, have the conversation. No, I have no problem with him being in the conversation. If this why? was it, if we were doing top five, top six, top seven, maybe, but top four, no. Why is Jimbo not in the conversation? Jimbo Fisher. Why is he not? That that's on my list because we can go through it, right? Saban, Sweeney, Ed Ogeron, no. Mm-mm. Lincoln Riley, no. Kirby Smart, no. Brian Kelly, for me, yes. Day has a sixteen and one record. Dan Mullen, 90 wins. Yeah. James Franklin, 80 wins with Penn State, no. Jimbo Fisher has a national championship. He has got one, right, with Florida State. Mm-hmm. Harbaugh's not in that conversation for me. No. Paul Christ is, you know, mm-hmm. you know, maybe top 12. He's in that conversation with Wisconsin. Malzahn, Matt Brown, Mario Cristobal, Tom Herman. Lovey Prebeard. <laughs> I read that book. It's pretty good. <laughs> My wife has it on the nightstand. Um, so, so Kyle Whittingham, okay, Mike Gundy. So we're so you know so this is where we are right now. Like without mm-hmm. Urban, I still say that Brian Kelly's in that conversation and Jimbo Fisher's in the conversation. What am I missing? Um, you said Odron. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think Odron's there yet. This will be because about, after all of his players left and his offensive coordinator left, what's he got? You want to take? He's got you, you uh, next season the fourth recruiting class in the nation. You want to take? Okay. You want to turn take? that into something? He'll never win again at LSU for a national championship. How about that? O'John will never win another national championship at, at LSU. LSU. Nope. How about that? How about one and done? Uh, How about that, Adam? I could I could see that. Well, as long as Saban's well, I mean, alive, what's yeah. what's the list of head coaches that have won multiples? Dabo, Saban, Saban, Urban. Urban. Yep. There's your there's your Mount Rushmore for this, yeah. this generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Uh, Ed Ogeron was lucky to have a great offensive coordinator and a quality quarterback in Burrow. That offense worked. The reason why it was so weird is because we never saw LSU throw the football like that. They were winning games 7-3. You remember this, right? How many, how many, mm-hmm. how many tickets did you cash with the under? Oh, yeah. With LSU? All, all of them. <laughs> so, all of them. Okay, so, so the idea that – so I don't think that – I think that that was a charmed season. Yeah. That'll be the end for LSU as far as them in the title picture. Yeah, I mean, he's got to turn the recruiting class into something. So you can recruit all you want, but if if you can't win games, if you can't make it to the playoff, then you start losing those recruits. Roderick Jaynes in the Twitch chat, ESPN 1000 Chicago. We missed one name, and I agree with him. 
Gary Patterson at TCU. He gets it done each and every year. Never going to win a championship. Plucky. But yeah. Plucky. He recruits well. He gets guys who are like out of position into different roles. Gary Patterson's pretty good. Somebody in Iowa says, what about Ferentz? Still that hot NFL yeah, coaching hire. Sure. Kirk Ferentz. <laughs> we'll put some money in your pocket next. This? Right here. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. In the this is Chicago's college tailgate show with Jay Hood, Black, and Abdallah. <laughs> Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Along with Chris Bleck and Adam Abdallah, Jonathan Hood with you. We're here every Saturday giving you the best in college football conversation, getting you ready for week five for the college football season. Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN 1000 CCT. That's what you'll get a lot of retweets, a lot of press conferences, conversation about college football at ESPN 1000 CCT. Gary Seegers is the host of the college football show at sportsbookreview.com and also Winning Cures Everything. Go to that podcast wherever you download your podcast. Look for Winning Cures Everything. Gary Seegers joins us on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000. Gary, Jonathan, Adam, and Chris, thanks so much for your time. Hey, no problem at all. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, we're, we're geared up for this uh, big college football Saturday. I want to get your thoughts first and foremost about Oklahoma against Iowa State. You know, we were just talking about the Big 12. It's fun to watch, but then you realize Oklahoma or Texas can't stop anybody. How do you see this matchup taking place in Ames between the Sooners and Iowa State? Well, I'll say this. Iowa State only had a 40% success rate between their first two games. I don't feel very good about the offense. I mean, it took five or six explosive plays. So I don't feel good about Iowa State's offense being able to sustain drives even on that terrible Oklahoma defense. But uh, but at the same time, I don't know how good I feel about Spencer Rattler. So I, I'm not sure about this game. I am taking Oklahoma to cover. I know that Iowa State has had their number for the past few years. But if you go back just over time, and I understand that we play in the present, not in the past. I get all that. But Oklahoma 7-2-1 and one against the spread as a 7.5-point favorite or less. Lincoln Riley, you know, it, he is 6-0 and oh straight up uh, coming off of losses. So I, I feel fairly good about this one. I think, that, uh, I think Oklahoma should be able to get this one done. I just don't feel good about Brock Purdy and uh, Iowa State at all. A&M heads into Alabama. The average margin of victory for this game has been around 22. Does Jimbo Fisher have something up his sleeve for uh, Alabama today? You know, I went back and watched the game against Vanderbilt. You know, they only won 17-12 to 12 last week, and I thought for sure that I would see, yeah, they just played vanilla. They really didn't show anything. I think they actually tried to do more than they, than they were able to, and they just couldn't get it done against a pretty bad Vanderbilt team. Now, Vanderbilt's defense is not bad. They return a ton of starters. I don't feel good about Texas A&M at all. The line has shifted up. It's, it's 18, 18 and a half at some spots. It felt a lot better when it was back at 17. Uh, but I, I will tell you this. I would take Alabama on the first half line. Uh, they're minus 10 in the first half. Alabama is 4-2 against the spread against A&M in their last six. They've got two spread losses that were two years ago and three years ago. Both of those lines were 24-and-a-half and 25-and-a-half. And uh, Mike Elko defenses, can, they can stop the run if A&M can, uh, can get a pass rush, right? It, they, they're not able to get any pressure right now. They weren't really able to do it against Vanderbilt. So I'm not sure how they're going to be able to stop Alabama. They, they like to run a lot of 
uh, slow tempo. We'll say that. Very slow tempo. They only got 55 plays in against Vanderbilt. Now, their offense had 6.8 yards per play last week, which is outstanding. But at, at the same time, they really didn't put any points up. They didn't have any explosive plays. I mean, it was just – it was not a, a great showing. Uh, I'll tell you this. If you want to do something, you know, a little fun, parlay the first half lines for Alabama and Clemson. Where, where you're going to get caught with these games is backdoor covers. It, just go ahead and knock it out in the first half because both of these teams love to show everything they got in the first half and then just let the scrubs play on the second half and, uh, and, and get in some, some game time for those guys. The game of the day, Auburn at Georgia, really the story of two different situations at quarterback. Bo Nix has been fantastic so far for the Tigers, and Georgia just has a bunch of quarterbacks. They don't know who's going to start, who's going to play, and, and how long each is going to play. How do you see this game shaping up? Georgia fans are ecstatic because JT Daniels is supposedly going to play in this game. I'm not so sure about that. Stetson Bennett, the fourth, looked all right last week. I, I thought it was pretty good. How different would we feel about this Georgia team if we just flipped the first half and the second half last week? Right? It, it, Alabama goes out to a 35-3 to lead on Missouri, and then Missouri scores late on them. But what if we had flipped that one around? I mean, it, it's kind of how you want to – look at it Auburn was kind of outplayed by Kentucky last week I don't feel great about uh about Auburn here I'm gonna roll with Georgia uh this is Auburn benefited off of three turnovers I don't think you're gonna get that from Georgia this week Kirby Smart five and one straight up and against the spread against Malzahn at Georgia six and oh against the spread and straight up their last six at home against Auburn they have dominated this series so I'm I'm all over Georgia today that's one of my favorite picks of the day as a Georgia fan, I tip my cap to you, Gary Seegers, uh, the host of College Football <laughs> Show at uh, sportsbookreview.com. And also, wherever you download your podcast, look for Winning Cures Everything, that podcast from Gary. He joins us here on Chicago's College Tailgate. One last one uh, before we let you go. In your backyard, a number 25 Memphis against SMU. College game day was there. Had a hell of a time on Beale Street as Memphis um, is going to take on SMU in Dallas. How do you see this game? I, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of points from the Sharps. So I do like the idea of the over, even though it is just so ridiculous. And I want Memphis to win because I'm biased in this one. But – I don't see it happening. SMU 7-2 and two straight up and against the spread in their last nine home games under Sonny Dyke. And now one of those losses was to Memphis, but that was the, the second game out of this nine-game streak. Uh, both teams want to run 80-plus plays. I, I don't like Memphis's running back. I don't like the – they've got school guys, but you take a month off after you get your season started. They hadn't been able to practice. You know, it, it, it's just been a rough go of it. And while I love Memphis's talent overall, I think SMU is really good, and they are a dark horse to able uh, to be able to win this conference this year. So I'm I'm rolling with SMU to get this win at home. Gary, as always, we appreciate. It. Hope you come back on the show with us here in Chicago. Hey, let me let me steal one more second from you. Last week, you guys said that uh, you you were going over sports bars in Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I've got a vote. We were in town last year for the Ohio State Northwestern game. Had, did anybody bring up Mother Hubbard Sports Pub? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Restaurant quality so there. We, we, <laughs> hey, we, we sat in there and watched uh, Michigan and Penn State last year, and it felt, I mean, it, it's like a dive bar. It was absolutely perfect. So that, that's where my vote goes to. I love, I love, yeah, absolutely. It's nothing like going to the, the people at Mother Hubbard and say, 
hey, um, can you put the Wyoming game on for me? And and and, they, and they'll do it. <laughs> it's like, oh, you, you better believe it. When I'm chasing, brother, I need the Cowboy. <laughs> you got that right. I pre- you got that right. <laughs> Gary, thanks so much, man. Come on again with us. Hey, absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity, guys. Gary Seegers, the host of the College Football Show at uh, sportsbookreview.com with us here on Chicago's College Tailgate. All right, coming up. Oh, we got some news. Oh, someone's going undefeated in the Pac-12. Someone. A few. A few teams. Everyone. Everyone's going undefeated. Yes. We need that team west of the Rockies. This is Chicago's College Tailgate Show with Jay Hood, Black, and Abdallah. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Ah, Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Jonathan Adam and Chris with you. Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN1000CCT. Also on Twitch as well, Chris. You can watch the show at ESPN 1000 Chicago. The Twitch chat is lively this morning. They enjoyed our uh, head coaching conversation earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people mentioning Chip Kelly as one of the best coaches in college football. Apparently, West Coast Bias has not seen Chip Kelly coach in the last one. They're way. giving gambling picks, too. In here. Yeah, they're, giving their own, yeah, they're giving their own picks. Tennessee minus the 12, Texas A&M plus the 18. Take that. I, I, I like no, that. I like that. We'll hear from Adam Rittenberg coming your way from ESPN uh, at uh, 10.02 right here on ESPN 1000. But guess what? The news is out right here in color print. <laughs> Indeed, the Pac-12 schedule is out. Ah, yes. Adam, our friend, our USC friend to our left here, Chris Black, is happy to have the schedule in front of him. Let's go through, sir, as you are yep. scheduled for Pride Whore. Yeah. What do we have here for USC? So to pull the curtain back, I've never heard someone sound so defeated when I said you're going to go undefeated as he let out the sigh as USC will beat Herm Edwards at nine a- at 11 a.m., 9 a.m. local time, November 7th. Yeah, 9 a.m. Lo- Pacific. Locals yeah. are not happy about that. They, see, this was just a lark. That wasn't supposed to happen. It was an idea. You're not supposed to go through with that 9 a.m. Take the under. It was, it was an idea floated last year right. because the Pac-12 has had trouble getting their teams into the, air quotes, national conversation. So one of the ideas floated by Larry Scott in the Pac-12 was we need to take advantage of the big noon kickoff, right? The big noon kickoff on Fox and slot a game every once in a while as that first game on the Saturday docket, Right where we usually see a Penn State-Wisconsin game, or Ohio State-Michigan, one of those games. So this was an idea the Pac-12 floated last year, and the locals did not like that. So it's gonna, do you it's start? Gonna, it's going to look like a freshman game in the IHSA. Well, yeah. do you start pre-gaming early, or do you just go well, to the game from the night before? Well, well the fans not, can't go anyway yeah, you, this you, year. That's so. true. Well, you're not, well, not going to get to the game through the wildfires, so it'll be hard to get That's there. true. That's true. So, that's true. So what do you have, sir? Yeah, so it's so you get her. I have USC, ding, Oregon, ding, yep. collision course, yep. ding. Thank Next. you, Stu Gatz. You're welcome. Next, uh, I mean, look, USC looks like they're going to go undefeated. 
Washington's got a pretty easy schedule. Jonathan Oregon's got a pretty easy schedule. Can you give us a schedule? Oh, the full times. schedule? Okay, look, USC goes uh, you do it every Ar- week and now you want Arizona do it. State, Arizona, Utah, Colorado, Washington State, UCLA. I mean, you know, ask the USC guy to go give give his schedule, go win loss, win loss, win loss. I did it with Alabama. Well, I have was, him do his well, schedule. I just thought that maybe as so a part of the show that the you inter- give info. us the information. Yeah, and, and then give your thoughts. News and information. I would say the biggest the best game on this on this schedule, on the the full Pac-12 schedule, as I gave the USC schedule, the big, the best game on this Pac-12 schedule is the end of the the season, Oregon and Washington. That's the best game on this Pac-12 schedule ahead of the championship week, and that'll be December whenever they decided it. It's December 11th or 12th. It's not a Friday game, so it's going to be December 12th. They've got some Friday games mixed in here too. Another item that the locals dislike with the Pac-12 is the. Primo game put on a Friday night in the Pac-12. Uh, Tyler, Eric, did did Abdallah ever go through the USC schedule? I just did. There? Did he go through the full schedule? I or said did Arizona State, halfway? Arizona, Utah, Colorado. I stopped halfway. There's only seven games. How do you stop halfway? All right. So what is what stands out to you most about the SC schedule for you? Well, the crossover game is with Washington State. So I think that's something that stands out to me because uh, people were kind of worried and concerned about how the Pac-12 would figure this out. Um, and I, I think this this is a schedule that they can absolutely, absolutely win all their games on the schedule. I, I think the other thing to note is that Oregon, the best team in the Pac-12, will probably win all of their games on their schedule as they open with Stanford week one, November 7th. Washington's good, but Oregon's going to avoid Utah, which is probably in that conversation of the top four teams in the conference, mm-hmm. they do have to face Cal. Cal is much improved this season. Uh, they get them with their second to last game, and that game's on the road. Um, but outside of that, Oregon and USC, as Adam said, are on a collision course to meet for that championship weekend, which would be December the 18th. Jonathan, Adam, and Chris on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So, Adam, I think... The big question, as we were asking before the schedule came out, you know, as we see this truncated, shortened schedule starting in November, does a team that wins this conference deserve a shot at the national championship in the Final Four? I would say no. I'd say no, because look at, let's say USC beats Oregon. Who'd they beat to get there? They beat a bunch of teams they beat last year. Like, this isn't, this. the conference is down. The conference is down. But, like, your logic, that's flawed logic. They can only play their conference. I understand that, but the conference is down, and okay, so, be- so just the, because you, so the Big Twelve can't go to the college football playoff either. Then, but they're also playing Pat- eleven games. They're playing ten games. Well, yeah, you play seven games. That's not enough. That's not fair to the to, to the schools that are out there playing twelve and eleven games. What about the Big Ten? They're not going to play eleven okay, games. Okay, well, they. I mean, at least they're playing eight or nine hold, games. Hold on, hold on. Stop the show. What about Notre Dame? I, they're a part of the ACC. They haven't played in two weeks. Right. Mm-hmm. 39 players were in quarantine for COVID-19 protocol. Including the president of the school right here on the home of the Irish ESPN 1000. So, so okay, not enough games. Do we know how many games Notre Dame's going to play? Well, Notre Dame's going to lose to Clemson. So they'll like they'll make up that Wake Forest game. Yeah. That'll be the one. This is supposed to be their bye This, this is, is their, their bye, bye week. week. Yes, this yeah. is their bye week. But are they on schedule because they didn't practice? For two weeks, right. they they returned to practice what Thursday, yep. And there well, were reports the coming out of South Bend that like it was kind of shaky on uh, players who are like in and out of shape now and what's going on there. So 
I, do we know that Notre Dame is well, going to finish their schedule? Look, practices aside, I mean, look, you had you, we saw B- BYU uh, Navy and they or aren't BYU Navy and they, the, you know, just because you're practicing and not tackling, you still have to play the games. If you're healthy, you have to play the games. So what what you're saying, Chris, is that even with this schedule starting November seventh, if say SC you know wins the Pac-12, you believe they deserve a shot. Yeah, eight games, right? Because that's what it would be with the championship game. Am I counting that right? Yep. No, it'd be seven, seven games, games. games plus. So Oregon or USC, you go seven and zero. Oh, you you know if you're Oregon, you beat Cal, you beat Cal, Washington, and USC. I I think that is good enough to be in the conversation for the college football playoff. I'm not just giving you a USC bias. If USC beats Arizona State, who's probably the second best team in the South, mm-hmm. you beat Arizona State to start your season. You go on the road to beat Utah, and then you beat Oregon in a championship game. I think that's good enough to be in the conversation. Clay Helton now, gets now, a five-year the, extension. The moment you lose a game, like we've been talking about with the Big 12, you're out. A one loss, anything in the Pac-12, you're out. Yeah, you're out. For, Not for, enough games. For sure. Not enough games. Adam, would you agree with that? Not yeah, enough games. Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. A one loss, anything. Well, one loss, anything, sure. But also, I'm saying, like, if you lose a game due to... COVID, or you lose the oh, game well. because, like, yeah, look, that, look, that's why I be, brought up Notre Dame. I well, mean, but also think about it: Are they playing these games if there's poor air quality out there? Like, is USC going to play? Yeah, I mean, with, with MLB orange? games continued on. Should we put that on the poll? By the way, that Notre Dame point. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. So you're saying that will they finish all their games? Will they put down the poll, Tyler? At ESPN 1000, will Notre Dame finish all their games? And it would, because they missed a game. Should they be in the conversation for the... Now, that that game is still going to be made up. Wake Forest in December. Mm -hmm. But that assumes that Mm -hmm. next week's game is just ready to go. Well, twitch.tv slash ESPN1000 Chicago. Roderick Jaynes has the point. Would they put in... They put in a one-loss SEC team over an undefeated Pac-12 team. If If Florida and or Georgia meet Alabama in the SEC championship game, both are undefeated... One of them loses. Does that one loss team make it in ahead of a undefeated Pac-12 team? For so sure. Why, so why did the college football committee push back the first date for trying to figure out the college football rankings? It, that's just well, you know what? That's just going to be that way, what pandemic or not. If a one loss Florida team or Georgia gets in there, they're going to they will be over a undefeated Pac-12 team. Undefeated or a one loss Pac-12 team? I would say, well, you know how the committee is, right? If Florida goes undefeated and or Georgia and their only loss is to Alabama in the SEC championship game, you put one of those teams in over Oregon or USC, who's only played seven games. That fair? And we're we're leaving the Big Ten out. Ohio State's gonna Ohio State can get in. They're what about a one loss Big Ten team? No, one loss and you're out. What about a Notre Dame <laughs> that plays seven or eight games? Notre Dame, they're gonna lose to Clemson. They're not in the conversation. What if that game doesn't happen? They're, they get to play them twice, so it'll either happen. It'll either happen in the regular season or in the uh, in the ACC championship. Maybe game. Maybe I'm alone over here, but it just sounds to me that there is a lot of SEC bias coming from that side of the room, where he's just assuming that yeah. oh, all these SEC teams just pile on and just get in with your one loss. I just look at the rankings. I mean, you've got to you've just got get in. I just look at the rankings. I'm just, SEC. I'm just looking at the rankings. Here I am. Adam Rittenberg is next.